Amen, amen, amen. I love it. We're a friendly church. If you're new here, like it's your first time, hope we didn't overwhelm you. We like meeting people, hugging on each other. So uh, my name's Sean, for those that don't know me. For those that do, hey, they let me back up. So uh, in the in the the vein that he keeps kind of talking me to me about, again, this is going to be challenging. Again, I'm going to say I don't ask for these things. He just this is how he talks to me. So buckle your seatbelt. I do want you to know, though, starting out that when Dwayne was talking about how much God loves us, we really need to connect into that because what I'm going to talk to you about today is that he loves us so much he's called us into a relationship, but in this relationship, I don't think we recognize what our part is. And so... It's going to be challenging. It's very convicting to me. And so I'm going to share this with you. I'm going to read a lot more scripture than I typically do. Just because it's so challenging, I need you to hear Jesus say it. (laughs) So it's me copying out and saying, okay, hey, I didn't say this. Jesus said this, right? So that's what I'm going to read some scripture today. We're going to go through this. And I, I want you to see something that maybe you haven't really dealt with that you've probably seen over and over again. And, and, and we're like this, though. It's part of our human nature. Oftentimes, like, we, we won't see what we really are not ready to see or don't want to see, right? We're, we'll miss it in conversations. We'll miss it when we're reading Scripture. We'll miss it when God's communicating because we're not ready for it, right? And I want to give you the, kind of show you the first example of this. In John 13, I'm going to read something that, like, it is one of the heartbeats of this house, okay? But I'm going to start with the verse before then. In, in verse 33, skip the first little part, then it, look at the second sentence. It says, Jesus is now talking, right? And he's saying, you will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come, okay? The next verse, he changes the subject completely, And he says an extremely profound and weighty thing. And he says this, a new commandment I give you. You notice the verbiage? Pretty strong stuff. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I don't know about you, I'm pretty sure I'm not loving people like Jesus loves people, especially his disciples. Pretty sure I'm not there yet. But he's saying, I command you this, and you got to love Peter. In the next verse, Peter's so focused on what Jesus says, he says, Lord, where are you going? Completely misses it. 
And, 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 and I want you to see something. Not only does he miss it, Jesus has already been talking some super deep, super strong statements. This is, right, when he said that, this is just as they were doing the Last Supper. Earlier the day, right after he shows up in Jerusalem on the donkey, and everybody's like, Hosanna in the highest, praise be to God. Listen to what he says then. In John 12, he says this, For I do not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. I know his commandments lead to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. He just said this a few moments before he told him a new commandment I give you. I don't know if you recognize what he's saying, Do you you see, he just said, I say what God says. When I speak, God is speaking. That's what he said. So he makes this statement, then he says, a new commandment I give you. And Peter's like, where are you going, God? You see, even Peter missed it. I love this guy. Chopping off ears, ready to fight. I mean, this guy is like a mess. He is so much of a man. For you women, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? This guy's a man. And he is the one that takes leadership of the church. God's amazing. He, my, the way he goes after us, he equips Peter in such a way, and he doesn't even know he's being equipped. And when Peter gets full of the Holy Ghost, he's like, boom. He steps into it. Okay, so... I'm going to give you more of what Jesus, some more stuff Jesus said in the same time. So he's about ready to go to the cross. Everything's changing. He is, he is uploading to them the good stuff. This is the unfiltered, I'm going to tell you like it is because I'm leaving here in just a couple minutes. So John 14 and 15 says, if you love me, keep my commands how many of us remember that and there's more hold on on that day this is verse 20 you will realize that I'm in the father and you are in me and I am in you whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. If you go to 23, then he says this. This is the part everybody loves. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them, make our home with them. And then he says, anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. This is not for Sean right? This is not Sean's opinion. This is red letter. He says, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. I'm challenged with this. This is what he started talking to me about. I don't know about you, but I'm like, ah, ah, When you speak 
Jesus, you're saying when I speak, they're commands that if I love you, I'll follow them. If I'm not following, I don't love you. That's what he just said. Everybody's just like, yay, Sean. You know what I mean? This is so convicting. For you, for you that are new, for you that like have, you're just started out your relationship with Jesus or you haven't made that decision yet, you're still like, is Jesus real? Is he really what they say he is, right? Understand, I'm talking to the house right now. And I want the house to hear and I want you to hear, I am so sorry. I need you to hear this from my heart. I'm so sorry. We have represented a gospel to you that is not true. We've represented a gospel where we get to have everything from God and it requires nothing from us. See, that's true when you're a baby. And it should be true. It's supposed to work that way. Okay, I'm not a baby anymore. I don't get to play that with him. I, I, I told the group upstairs, it just, it just came out of me. Wasn't planning on, I'm going to say it to you, because that's what I feel like he's prompting me today. Right? If I, right, if anybody looks up and says, oh, Sean, man, you are walking with God. This is, you have arrived. Like, this is the place we're designed to be at. I am so sorry. I apologize. Okay? If this is the, up, up, like the upper level of the bar, we are in trouble. Like, when you've looked at ministry and you've gone, man, you know, yeah, that, that's it. Okay, cool. Like, I'm sorry. We don't believe that portion of it. Because if we believe that portion, it would be a whole lot more amazing. It would be. And I'm going to show you that next, okay? But I wanted to preface it with this way because, because like, I do not want you to feel condemnation. I want you to experience conviction and be real with yourself and with Jesus because we have been lying to ourselves and it has not served us well. It has been to our detriment. We keep going after amazing stuff with Jesus because he promised it and we don't know why we're not getting there. And we're just beating our heads against the wall. I'm doing it the way they keep telling me to do it. And we experience love and joy and peace, and then we go home and get beat up. And we experience love and joy and peace, we come into the church, and we experience God, and when we experience him, we're getting this amazing stuff. But like our lives don't reflect the reality of what Jesus said. Did you, like, if you don't know, Jesus said, speak to the mountain, it's going to move. I haven't had that really happen much. <laughs> Say to the blind eyes, they're going to be open, they'll be opened. Haven't had that happen at all. In the mountains I moved, right, they were kind of like more like little molehills. You know, they were like, Shh. I've seen people get healed because I knew God wants to heal them and I prayed for them and someone get healed, right? But it was like a wrist. It was a headache. It was some things. It was awesome. I don't like discount that it was like, it was, it was good stuff, especially if you're the one going through that. But I ain't raised no one from the dead yet. 
And he didn't say, we, he said, greater than these things you're going to do. Like, where is that at? Everybody's asking it inside their head. But we're not saying it out loud. Why? You know, Dwayne talked about accountability last week. This is like serious accountability. You should have preached that. See, he jacked me all up. Because <laughs> I can tell you, like, I'm weeping over this. So wait, there's more. Like that, remember those commercials? But wait, there's more. Okay. So we're going to go to verse 15 now. And then, like, he's just talking. He's talking and talking and talking, right? And, then, and so he's going to come back into this. But he, now he, 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 he starts talking about in the context of being fruitful. And that's what I was just talking about. See, fruitfulness is like the stuff that comes out of me. If it's God's stuff, it's fruitfulness. Okay? Everybody knows this one. I'm the vine, and my father is the gardener. Right? So God, he's, he's, he's doing an analogy. He's like, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like, this is one of those things. Right? And it's an analogy, and, and he's like, the father has made me the vine. He's talking about Jesus. He's talking about himself, right? Me, I'm the vine. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Why? So that it will be even more fruitful. God is all about fruitfulness. That's what He's in the business of fruitfulness. Jesus is in the business of fruitfulness. That's what happens when you're connected to him. That's what the will of God is. That's why Jesus came. So fruitfulness can happen. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. That's a Jewish thing when it comes to that concept of being clean. It means that you are acceptable to come into the presence of God, interact with God. Because when you were unclean, you had to go get clean before you can connect to God. Right? So he's, he's, he's introducing, like, the words that I'm saying to you, they're the thing that makes you clean. Remain in me as I also remain in you. So now he introduces the concept of remaining. So branch, vine, connection, remain, stay connected. Stay connected. Let the flow happen. Be connected. That's what remains talking about. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must re remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you remain in me, you're going to bear much fruit. That's what the, the process of remaining bears fruit. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Everybody loves this part of this. Like this is the, yay, Sean. Right? We don't know what to do with that. I, I don't, I, I, like, if you're interpreting that, you get to go to hell. Right? I'm not sure that's what he's talking about. I think what he's talking about is, and this is what I've experienced, but it might be referring to both. I don't know. Right? He hasn't told me directly about this. But I don't know about you. When I've really decided 
to like, eh, I'm not really going to be connected to God. The fire was burning my butt. I was like, oh, this gets real uncomfortable. Oh, man, I really do need God. I'm going back over there because this is terrible. There was another word that popped in my head, but I didn't say that because, you know. If you remain in me and my words, now he introduces another concept here. Remaining has to do with his words now. Remember who he is? Remember what he said about what his words are? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Whoa. I'm pretty sure the word any. Ask what will be done for you. Whatever you ask, whatever you wish, whatever. I'm pretty sure we're talking about like the whatever. Now, interestingly enough, I suspect this is like me and my wife, right? Well, no, that doesn't. Don't jack, don't let that jack you up. I know what my wife wants now. I've spent enough time with her. You know what I'm saying? I don't like, hey, baby, I brought you something, and it's like completely misses the mark. I've been married almost 40 years, okay? If I haven't figured it out by now, there's something seriously wrong, right? But how do I know? I spent time with her. I was like, I, right, so, so if I'm connected to him, Right? And, I, and I, I know his heartbeat about things, and I, I'm hearing his voice, and I'm walking with the voice, and, I, and I'm growing with him, and I'm producing fruit, because you don't just produce fruit overnight. Right? Like, it takes a couple of years before a vine even starts producing any fruit. I'm not going to go, hey, let's go out and do this, and completely miss the mark, right? I'm going to be asking something that's in line with the one I'm connected to. So that's why it's whatever I ask, because I'm not going to be asking stupid stuff, right? Because it's just not going to occur to me. I'm like, that's stupid. I wouldn't ask for that. You see what I'm saying? But conversely, because I'm connected, whatever I ask, he's going to give that to me? Oh. Do we believe that? See, that when I was talking about my experience about, well, now this hasn't happened, this hasn't happened, this hasn't happened, even though you keep telling me it can't happen, could it be this is the reason why? This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You know what gives God glory? You being who you're designed to be. You being a vine connected to Jesus that heaven flows through brings glory to God. When you produce fruit in your life and other people are able to eat from that and they experience the God that is flowing through you, that brings glory to God. That, that's why fruitfulness is so important to him. This is how people experience God. As the Father has loved me, so I love you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands, remain in his love, I tell, have told you, excuse me, I have told you, this is 
that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down one's life for a friend. You are my friends if you do what I command. I think this is part of the struggle. As I was talking to him about this, he brought me back to um, when I served in the military. Anybody who served in the military and has been under authority recognizes something. When the company commander says, hey, Sergeant Cleary, I want you to go and do this, he wasn't asking my opinion. It wasn't a suggestion, wasn't up for debate, right? And he wasn't saying, Sergeant Cleary, you need to go and do this. He's just saying, hey, we need to get this done. Can you do this? Go and do this. Sometimes they were telling me to do things so that I could discover who I was. Because, see, when I, when I joined the military, I was 18 years old. I'm clueless. I don't know anything. Right? And, and they train me, hey, go do this. Yes, sir. Go do this. Yes, Sergeant. Go do this. And in the doing, I became more and more competent. Right? Now, I had some sergeants, you know, and that's one, you know, Private Cleary! You know, but God's not like that. And we hear the word command and we think of that. But that's not what it means. See, because you know, you know why the company commander didn't have to yell at me to get me to do something? Because he was the company commander. He didn't need to. One, I knew that saying the wrong thing to this guy, bucking up against this guy, will put me in jail. I knew who he was. His authority, I absolutely respected. But Jesus, I kind of wonder if sometimes I forget. Because when he's talking to me, if everything he says is what God says, he's just this intermediary of God speaking and it going through Jesus. And it's Jesus I can understand. God, it's just I can't wrap my head around him. Right? Whatever he is, he's so big, my little brain can't comprehend that. So Jesus comes to me, and I'm like, okay, I can understand this. But I forget, this is the Lord Supreme Commander of the universe. I'm pretty sure he has more authority than Captain Joe. But when Jesus tells me to do something, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I want to do that. Is that theologically appropriate? Is it required of me? You see what I'm saying? I'm going to leave that one alone. I'll come back to it. See, and so it's from that place he introduces this idea. I no longer call you servants. Because he just called you a friend if you obey his command. I no longer call you servants. 
See, he's not, he's not, he doesn't treat you like Private Cleary. Go and do what I tell you to do because I'm the boss. He said, I'm not calling you a servant anymore. I'm calling you a friend. Because a servant doesn't know his master's business and said, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might bear, excuse me, might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask, again, he's saying the same thing. He's repeating it. So that whatever you ask in my Father's name will be given to you. This is my command. Love each other. So you see several concepts just wrapped into each other that are over and over and over and over that come out. See, I can't love other people until I've actually submitted to him in such a way and I've grown into the person that I'm designed to grow into, right, that I follow his commands. Everything he says, I'm following. I want to follow him. I'm going to follow him. I'm not going to let anything he say pass by. I want to hear your voice, God. I'm not trying to avoid you. Right? I want to hear you. I can't help but be a person that's going to step in to be like him. So this is like a child-parent relationship. If you've had kids, when your kid's like four, five, six years old, if you are mom or dad, right, and a lot of times it'll be the boy looking to dad, the mom looking to, uh, the girl looking to mom, right, You'll have different dynamics there. But they, the sun and moon sets on them. Everything they say is the truth, right? They are like sponges. You imprint yourself on them as long as you're not completely a dope, right? As long as you're doing it in a way that they experience love, you can like do just about anything that would, the, and another adult would go, well, I'm not so sure about that, right? The kid would be like, yes, that's true. I remember you see in school, like, the kids, you know, kids like, you know, seven years, well, my dad said this, right? And the science teacher's like, yeah, yeah, that's not true. <laughs> you know, and you're breaking the, the poor little kid's heart, right, to find out, well, dad doesn't know everything. You, you literally, you know what I'm saying? And so we're, we're supposed to be like that with him. You're saying this? Okay, I'm like, there, yes. Anything that doesn't agree with that now becomes in conflict with it, right? But if we were like children, we would be a blank slate to write on. And unfortunately for us, we're not a blank slate. We have this opportunity to argue with him because we already know. We're smart. This is the struggle we have, you know? And so I can tell you, like, when I first came into this thing, I, I, I was like, I knew I needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I knew God was real. He showed himself to me in such a way, there was no doubt in my mind, God is real. I know he's real. I've got to figure out where he's at because I'm going to find him. Right? I got filled with the Holy Ghost. All of a sudden, I love people I didn't even know. Right? I was just, oh, I mean, I was just, oh, man, life is awesome. It was just like, ooh, everything was different. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Go back over here. You know, I just, ah, and, and it slowly started to wane, 
right? Why? It wasn't because God changed. It wasn't because he was just as amazing when I first tasted him. It was because my own knowledge of things and my own experiences and, and the enemy's able to come in and punk and punk and, you know, and you just, you, you get the combination of what I already believe and how life treats me and stuff. It just jacks it all up. And I wasn't able to stay connected to him all the time. But it, he still was like that parent. I'm going to love you no matter what you do. I love you. I love you. I love you. I am here for you. I'm here with the food. I, like when you can't feed yourself, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. Just, just right? And, and, and if we stay in that place, right, we experience all this love. And this is where the church has made a mistake. We haven't told our kids they have any responsibility. See, we didn't tell them and we do this in life, right? There, this is, see, this is not the church's fault, really. This is ministry's fault. But not really, because that's the way they were taught, right? We, we got a problem here. This is a struggle for us. This is why I'm, like, I'm repenting about this, because, you know, I'm the one standing up here telling you this is what God says, and I'm not even doing this all the time. Like, seriously. Where was I? I? There is a lot of conflict in me about this. Because I, I recognize there's a level of hypocrisy going on here. But I, like, this is the only place I have to start. And I am going to be challenged. I, I, when I walk off this platform, I am going to be challenged. Right? Because he's going to be like, follow me, 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 follow me. And all the life that you can possibly absorb is going to be in the following. All the fruit you could possibly put out is going to be in the following. But there's a responsibility that goes along with that. If you don't know this, like, you see this in teenagers. You're awesome, right? You're not like I was when I was a teen. It's my granddaughter. When I was a teen, I knew more than my mom. When she needed the trash emptied or something done around the house, eh, it depended on whether I felt like it. Right? She doesn't know everything. I'm a man. Right? <laughs> you know, her, 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 her final word was, okay, you can get a job, join the army, but you're going to get off the couch. There was a point like, oh, she's serious about this. Okay. That's how much I knew, right? You know, I'm just, ooh, I'm so with it. But we do that to Jesus. See, don't demand anything of me. You love me. This is my house. Everything you have is mine. I can be as lazy as I want because you love me. I don't have to love you back. I tell myself I love you, right? When I, was, when I was a teenager, I told myself I love my mom. Not really, because if I loved her, I would care about her. What, where she was going through, I would have cared about. But I was off in space somewhere, probably high. <laughs> Clueless. 
about what she was going through. When you talk to her about, like, this, she's like, I don't remember you and your brother being teenagers. Like, that whole life is a blank. I was under so much stress, right? I was clueless. And Jesus has no stress about it. He just keeps loving us. He's not like, I can't believe these kids. He just keeps loving us, and it makes it so easy because we get to come in here, we feel Jesus, and it's like, oh, golly, your love is absolutely amazing. Sorry about that, guys. Absolutely amazing. And you heal, and you, you move, you bring peace when I need peace. And I've experienced so much of you, and over and over again, it is unbelievably good. But I wonder why I'm not producing fruit. I'm wondering why I don't get to where I know I need to go. See, because when you're seven years old in the house, you doing something, taking on responsibility. Parents are like, yeah. When you're 17, not so much. Right? When you're 17, how about you pick something up and actually join with me because you can do it. How many of us treat God like that? I'll give you another example. If you've never read the book Hosea and you want to just like, get your mind blown, right? Hosea is this prophet that God's like, I want you to go and marry this hooker. Right? God would never say that. Because he knows what's going to happen is Hosea's going to marry her. Hosea falls in love with her. Hosea, like, you just keep loving on her and watch her walk out the door and come back whenever she wants, go sleep with other people, right? Have you made the connection yet? We're like that. We're like, God, you are so awesome, you are amazing, your opinion is so perfect. And we'll go, what do you think? What do you think? Oh, let me follow what you say. Let me follow what you say. We go whoring around with other people's opinions, right? Isn't that what we do? Again, I want to apologize for you new believers. I am so sorry. Just look it up and say, I can be better than that. <laughs> but there's a reason why that book is in the Bible. And like we don't see it. We're like, we're like, we're like Peter. God's talking, he gives a new command he's gonna give us. Where are you going, God? And like he's like, what? Did you just miss what I just said? We can't see it because we don't want to hear that yet. We're not like, I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for the responsibility. I'm not ready for the accountability. I'm not ready. What if you are? And it's not about you being ready. It's about you like, I know no teenagers ever do that, right? People like, listen to the headphones, right? And they hear their parents, oh, yeah, I'm just going to ignore them. I really don't want to do what they're going to ask me to do. I really don't want to have that conversation right now because I know what that report card looks like. Y'all remember those days? Isn't that us? (laughs) 
This is hard to admit. This is hard to admit. And, and I, I really want to challenge you. If you think that you can keep ignoring him and think you're in a relationship, you are not. This is a one-sided relationship. Okay? And if, if I was doing marriage counseling with you, I would say you're taking advantage of your husband. We are taking advantage of God. Worse than that, we're presenting a gospel that is not true. That's a problem. And, and after I say this, I'm gonna, since I'm poking you in the eye, I might as well just go all out, right? You might hear this today and be like, I don't want this gospel. I don't want this Jesus. I don't want this. And then walk out the door and go find another church. You might do that. And I can tell you, I'm okay with that. Do you know why I'm okay with that? Because you need to go down that road to figure out it don't work like that. I would much rather you be like, you know what? If Jesus is saying this, I need to talk to him. I need to find out how this works. I need to actually make him Lord. See, we've sold you a gospel. Not like me personally, okay, because I try not to do that. But Christianity has sold you a gospel where, where just believe that, just confess the Lord and you will be saved. But we miss the part of Lord. See, because if you're co confessing him as Lord, commander of the universe, who everything he says is the most important thing I can know, and I will not do anything but follow it, yeah, you will be saved. <laughs> but if it is just confess and believe that he's Jesus, and Jesus is real, and he's the son of God, and everything's going to be hunky-dory, that's not the gospel. There is no relationship. The devil knows he's real. And he doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. And I, uh, I, he knows he's more real than you do. He fully agrees with the fact that Jesus can heal the sick, raise the dead, okay? Because every time Jesus does something like that, he knows about it. He doesn't miss a thing. And we've equated just believing as if that's the gospel, and it's not enough. That's just the beginning Believing that he is and he's a rewarder of them that digitally seek him is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts and it's like recognizing he is Lord. Then I have to step in that relationship. And in that relationship, it costs me. It does. I'm not saying this is without cause. It is light and easy. But it's costly. It is not hard. This is one of the easiest things you can do. Submit. That's it. You want to walk with Jesus? Submit to him. It really is that simple. It doesn't get any simple. If he says, let's go this way, you're like, let's go. Let's go this way. Okay, let's go over here. You want to talk to me about what's going on inside of me? I want to know what's going on inside of me. No matter how painful it is, Jesus, I want you to talk about what, what's really going inside of my heart. See, we're more selfish than we are self-aware. Because we know if we become self-aware, we can't be so selfish. So we don't want to be self-aware. We don't want to know what's really going on. We like selfishness. Selfishness feels good. We get what we want. But if I become self-aware and I realize, yeah, that's not the way to be appropriately acting in a relationship, right? I can tell you, as I became more self-aware, because one of the things we did as leaders in this house is learn self-awareness. Nobody taught me what that was. 
And as I did, I realized, you know what? I'm not the best husband in the world. I was under an illusion. And as I started dealing with it, I started treating my wife better. Where's she at? Hey, baby. I want to rack up as many points as I can. But it was painful. I, I remember one, one of the ones we were going through, right? It, it started looking at it, and I was just like, oh, man, I didn't even, ah. There was something that just rose up inside of me. It was just like, oh, are we really going to ask those questions and do that? I, and I look at it now, and I'm like, golly, that's just nuts. There's so much resistance to that. But that's what I'm asking of you. You've got to give him permission to see inside of you, and you've got to be okay with him doing it and willingly ask for it. Because remember, remember what it said about fruitfulness? The branch that needs to be pruned so it can be fruitful, God will prune it. If you've ever raised grapes, you have to prune the grapes if you want them to be fruitful. There, there's a whole process. I was just curious because I haven't raised grapes before. I said, why this analogy? I looked it up. It is nuts how much work goes into making a really productive grapevine. There's suckers that come off the bottom, got to cut them off. Branches that come off the side that were never, like they're not in the right place, got to cut them off, right? Once you've got a branch going, then you have to actually take that branch, and every year you prune it back. So everything's sticking up, sticking out, gets pruned off. And then the next year, a little shoot comes out, poof, it's got grapes. That's what we're designed for. But there's a whole process of pruning. That's why I use this analogy. Are we asking God to prune us? Like, God, I want you to prune me. I need you to prune me. I can't be who I'm designed to be without you pruning me. Why? Because I am jacked up. I know. I know there's more to being who you said I am, who you've designed me to be. I want to engage in a relationship where you're talking to me, and I'm going to receive everything, everything that you have for me. That's what he's calling us into. So if you're at this place, I'm going to close. If you're a new believer, I want you to know something. Being filled with the Spirit of God is where this all starts. The remaining in him, remaining in him, requires us to be filled with the Spirit of God. Peter was a mess until he got filled with the Spirit. But when he got filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden, everything he needed to step into that identity showed up. All the prep work Jesus had spoken, it's like Jesus spoke all of this stuff and was speaking into him. And then when he got filled, bam, it all crystallized. But we're on the other side of this. We need to get filled because that's part of who we are. We're designed to have him in us. And as we hear him now, it starts shaping us. It makes us clean. It empowers us. It takes off the dead branches. It takes off the things that are unproductive, that aren't part of who we are designed to be. And what we experience is life. Every word he speaks is life. Our love for him is loving his voice. 
loving his words and loving him so much that anything that is, he's communicating from heaven, we are adopting it into us. That's what the love is from his perspective. And when we allow him to love us and we love him back, we will step into identity. If you could stand to your feet. When Peter preached the first message, after he told them about the prophets and how everything that had happened with Jesus was, was prophesied, and they were stung by the reality that they just crucified their Messiah. They asked him the question, what shall we do? And his first thing he said was repent. Change the way you think. Agree with God. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. We still need to repent. And I can tell you in this room right now, some of you, you might have never ever chosen to walk with Jesus. And that message is for you. Agree with him. Because when you do, you're going to be like, oh, sorry, I'm so sorry, God. I need you. Get baptized. If you've never been baptized, get baptized in his name. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, let Yet you can because he's given it to you. But the issue of lordship is all part of that. Because if you're not willing to follow him, if you're not willing to make him Lord, if you're not willing to be like God, whatever you want, I am with you. I will do, I will go, I will think, I will agree, I will submit, I will be with you because it's you. See, that's the part that needs to happen in us for us to be able to receive him the way we're designed to receive him. Because without the lordship, the other stuff doesn't work. And he's asking, am I really Lord? Some of you have been walking with him for a long time and you've kind of made him Lord sometimes, other times not so much. Because when you were younger, he could pour into you. But as we grew older, we stepped into that place where we knew enough, there's enough opinions out there that we didn't really have to agree with him. We didn't really have to listen to him. We need to repent about that. We are so much more. We are so much more. We are living so far beyond, below our means, excuse me. And if you're one of those people that just want to connect to him and repent, I want you to come to the front and we're going to pray together. If you specifically want to receive Jesus and you've never actually received the Spirit of God, I want you to let one of our prayer partners know and we're going to pray with you specifically. So as we play the music, you make a decision. In Jesus' name.